Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hi everybody, welcome to this episode of Turning to Him. My name is Zach Batty and I am here with Heather Shaw, uh, founder and creator of, uh, actually Heather, I'll let you say it. Tell, tell me your claim to sure. fame. Um, so I'm a convert and, um, it, through some interesting things that happened, I, op I opened a sister missionary store. Um, my sister missionary store was originally going to be a mommy and me clothing store. And then through some interesting experiences and a prompting to wait, um, I didn't open it until 2020. And um, through all of that experience, I discovered that it was actually supposed to be a sister missionary store. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear this whole story and to find that out. Um, give us a little background on yourself. Well, um, I'm a convert. I joined the church in 2013. Um, that's a really long story, probably for another time, but um, my husband had strayed away from the church. The missionaries found us. At first, I wasn't interested in hearing what they had to say. And then eventually I was and I joined the church and um, we pushed up our wedding. I got married. We got married and then I got baptized the day after we got married. Um, and so um, I don't know. It's just been kind of an interesting journey because I was raised in the Baptist church. So this church is very different than the one that I was raised in. Um, and I just feel so strongly about the gospel and I'm so happy with the way the missionaries helped me that I like to help them too. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It sounds like we need to have a second episode and, uh, and <laughs> hear your full conversion story. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So as far as starting your store, um, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you always want to start something? Walk us through that. Yeah, I actually have a degree in entrepreneurship. Um, yes, that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> and I, I was never able to do that because in my first marriage, I was the breadwinner and I never was able to um, like put my life on hold enough to be able to trust the process and to make it happen. So um, now I'm married to an amazing man and I am able to stay home. And so um, I, it's it's something that I can do now. And it's actually kind of an interesting thing because I have always wanted to own, own my own store. Um, and when my oldest daughter, I'm sorry, my oldest daughter, who's still at home, um, she's 18 now. Um, when she was in middle school, she came to me and asked me if I would homeschool her. And I had already had the prompting for about a year before that. And so then um, I realized that it wasn't just me trying to save her for middle school, which is something I would, you couldn't pay me all the money on the earth to redo middle school. <laughs> but um, I realized it wasn't me trying to save her for middle school, but it was actually um, like the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me that's what she needed. Um, so we, I quit my job and um, we actually lived on my husband's income first for about three months before I did that, just to make sure we could actually afford it. And the funny thing is, is it didn't actually work on paper, but somehow 
we, it worked and we had money left over. Um, so I homeschooled her and then I knew I had to do something cause I couldn't just sit home and homeschool my child and be a housewife. That's just not who I am. Um, and so I started praying about it and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And, um, this entrepreneur kept crossing my Facebook feed and, um, I was like, Oh, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. And so I went and joined this course and she taught me how to open a store and I opened a store and, um, well, I didn't open a store. I got ready to open a store. Um, and that was in 2018. And right around that time, um, we found out that my father-in-law was going to need to live with us. Um, he has dementia. Um, one of the doctors said they thought it was Alzheimer's, but apparently they don't actually diagnose people with that anymore. So we're calling it dementia. <laughs> um, and that he was like, he's diabetic and he's just got all kinds of problems. And so we were like, okay, we need to sell our house, uh, our, our condo and buy a house that's, you know, big enough to fit him into. And so we're looking for a three bedroom house. And um, I just had this really overwhelming feeling like we needed a bigger house. And so I told my husband, I was like, I just can't shake this feeling. We need a bigger house. And he thought I was crazy. And my real estate agent, who was a really nice lady in our ward, a friend of ours, um, she thought I was crazy. And they're like, why do you guys, why do we need a bigger house? Like, it's just you and me and our teenage daughter and dad, you know? And I said, I don't know. I just can't shake the feeling that we need a bigger house. And so my husband argued with me about it at first, but then finally he was like, okay, if you can find a house within our price range that feels right, then we'll, we'll go ahead and go for it. Um, so I found a five bedroom house. And um, the funny thing is, is every house that we walked into before that, he would literally walk into the house and he would be like, I don't like the color of that wallpaper or I don't like the paint on the wall, like just ridiculous things that we could change, right? He wanted something that was move in ready. Yes. And I tried to explain to him that wasn't going to happen, um, but that's what he wanted. Anyway, so the, this house that I found <laughs> was built in 1930. It needed a new roof. It needed new gutters. It didn't have a bathroom upstairs. We had to put in a bathroom upstairs. Um, like it, the floor needed to be replaced downstairs. <laughs> it was, it's a fixer. Um, and so I see this house come up and I just knew in my heart that this was our house. And so I called my real estate agent and I was like, uh, we got to go look at this house right now. And at the time, if you didn't put in an offer in, on the house that you wanted within a day or two of it going on, on the market, it was already lost. It was just gone. Um, 2018 was a And so time. she looks up the house and she goes, what's that? Sorry, I think there might be a little delay. I didn't mean to step on you there. But yeah, 2018 was a hot housing market. Yeah, it was crazy. Um Anyway, so my real estate agent, she looks the house up and she was like, are you sure this is the house you want to go look at? And I said, yes, I just I, I know it's our house. And she goes, you realize this house needs a lot of work. And it was built in 1930. Right. And I said, I, I just think it's our house. I have a really good feeling about this one. And we had looked at so many houses before this one. Um, and so she's like, OK, I'll take you to go see it. And so we went to go see it. And like. I kid you not, like, I think they must have had some sort of, like, water issue downstairs because the floor was, like, curled up. Like, that's how bad the floor was. <laughs> um, so we walked through the house, and I was like, this is our house. And she was like, 
are you serious? And I said, said, yes, this is our house. And she's like, your husband is never going to agree to this. And I was like, I will see, I guess, because I just, I just know this is our house. This feels like home. And um, so I called my husband at work and I was like, I found our house. Just here's the address. Come and look at it. And, you know, we can decide if we want to put in an offer or not. I didn't tell him anything about the house because I knew if I did, he would not come anyway. So (laughs) he shows up and for the first time ever, he literally walked through the entire house and didn't say a word. And then he gets back to the front of the house and he's like, yep, this is it. And uh, she was like, what? (laughs) This is the house. After all the houses that we looked at, this is the house. And he said, yeah, this is the house. And so Um, We put in an offer. There was 13 offers and they accepted ours. Um, So then fast forward, we had 10 days in between the time that our condo closed and we were supposed to move into our house. And about three days into that, I get a panicked call from my daughter telling me that I needed to come up and pick up her kids right now. And I was like, what? what? What do you mean I need to come get them right now? And she's like, you need to come get them right now or CPS is going to take them. How far and away so, does your sister live from you? What's that? How far away does your sister live from you at this point? Oh, it's my daughter. Oh, I'm sorry, your daughter. How far away does your daughter live? Um, she lived about 30 minutes from me. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so I stopped what I was doing. I went and picked up the kids at the time. The kids were 15 months, three and five. And it was supposed to be very temporary. Um, I figured out very quickly after that, that there was some major abuse going on. Um, There was some addiction going on. Um, The abuse was not on my daughter's part. Her husband, um, well, her husband tried to kill her, which is why the whole thing started. Um, Anyways, so it was supposed to be very temporary. Um, the CPS worker was like, uh, he, t- he, she told her, you need to go get treatment. You need to file for divorce, file a restraining order. You know, your husband can't be anywhere near you or the kids. And as long as you do all those things, there's not an issue here. Like you just go get treatment, file for divorce, file a restraining order, and you'll be able to get your kids back. No problem. Um, but she wanted to stay with her husband and she couldn't shake her drug problem. And so um, it's been five years now. We still have the kids. Um, So there was three to begin with. And then five months later, my father-in-law had a stroke. Um, Our original plan was that we were gonna renovate the house a little bit before he moved in, Um, but he had a stroke. And so like he couldn't go back home after that. And so he moved in with us. And then three months later, their baby sister was born and we took the baby too. So by this time, um, the 15 month old was 22 months old and we had a newborn baby also. And they were waking up back to back. And it was, I literally thought I was never going to sleep again. It was crazy. (laughs) Wow. But, um, so, so I soon realized that that prompting in 2018, I, I don't think I mentioned that actually. So my, my original plan was to open my store after we moved into our new house. Um, because I, I got this really strong feeling that I should wait. And it made sense at the time because I thought 
well, I'm going to be selling products. We're moving. Like it doesn't make sense to open a store where I'm selling products when we're in the middle of moving, you know? And so my original plan was we were going to move into the house and I was going to set up my office in one of these five bedrooms <laughs> and, you know, get my business going um, when we moved into our new house. And then after we got the kids, um, it was crazy because uh, like, so my, my youngest daughter at the time was 14 and <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to take care of a small child, like a baby when you have a teenager and you haven't taken care of a baby for a really long time, but it's literally like being a new mom again. And I literally didn't know what to do with these kids. Like they were 15 months, three and five. I had a baby and basically two toddlers. <laughs> and um, so, so I soon realized that that prompting to wait was actually like, I, I actually needed to wait because there was no way I was running a store trying to figure out how to do all this other stuff. So two questions. Okay. So how many children had you raised? How many I have two daughters of my own. Okay. Yeah. yeah so the oldest um, one was moved out of the house. Yeah. The oldest one was moved out and married. She got married when she was 18. Um, unfortunately she married a guy that was not from a very good family and like his brothers are into like gang business and drugs and stuff like that. And he seemed like he was a decent guy when they got married, but, um, that, that changed pretty fast. Okay. And so then at this time, your, your second daughter is 14 years old and, mm -hmm. and three more kids, her, uh, nieces and nephews. Yes them in um was she yeah. excited at all was she excited to have babies in the house or was she that is not her game you know what she loves them um they do drive her crazy a little bit because they can be really loud um the the two little ones are four and six now and normally they can't get along to save their lives and so <laughs> when they're both home they're just fighting nonstop, and it's it drives me crazy. Yeah. And so she, she does hide out in her room a lot, <laughs> but she's also a really good auntie and um, we, we use her to babysit a lot. We, we pay her pretty good money to babysit the kids. And like, if um, my husband, Sam and I want to go out on a date, we'll pay her to watch the kids and her grandpa. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so just to recap, you've had a whirlwind couple of years. You you have this idea to start a store. What kind of store was it going to be? Well, originally it was going to be a mommy and me clothing store. Okay. So, um, but me... honestly, it it never really felt right. Okay. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm just gonna open the store and it'll evolve into whatever it's supposed to be eventually. Is what I thought. Now, when you say a mommy and me store, I think uh, woman sizes and child sizes clothes that are the same pattern and look the same. Is that is that a mommy and me store? That's what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. Or that's what I thought I wanted anyway. <laughs> yeah. okay. so you've got this idea brewing in your head, though. That idea gets put on pause. You don't know why, but it kind of logically makes sense because you're moving. You got a lot on your plate. Yeah. 
your your father-in-law moves in and your grandkids three grandkids with one more on the way move in yes so you think okay of course that's why i needed to wait great yep you've got all this on your plate and then you start getting entrepreneurial (laughs) brewing again yeah so um during that time i was just trying to gain my footing um it, it was literally like being a new mom, like times four. And then also trying to figure out how to take care of my father-in-law um, who has a permanent catheter and literally can't do anything for himself except for uh, walk to the bathroom. And, you know, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, he's, he can't cook for himself and he's diabetic. So I have to make sure he's not in the kitchen digging through stuff and, he can't remember five minutes ago. So, you know, I can tell him until I'm blue in the face that I don't want him in the kitchen or, you know, whatever. And he doesn't remember. So. Yeah. So you're um, the primary caregiver to five human beings in your home. Um. Yeah. M- my daughter's 18 now, so I don't really count her, but. Oh, but I mean, your four kids and your father-in-law. Yeah. I've got four kids and then I've got my father-in-law. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> um, so from the time that I got the children, in in the beginning, I was just like, I'm not even thinking about the store right now. I I couldn't even think about it. Um, I, I was just thinking about whether or not I was going to be able to sleep that night. <laughs> the kids waking me up nonstop. Um, my my husband was amazing. He helped me with the kids. So both of us didn't get any sleep for months on end. Um, because like I said, they were waking up back to back. So like one of us would have to feed the newborn baby. The other one would have to get the 22 month old back to sleep. And yeah, it was crazy. Um, so for the first probably year, I would say we were just trying to figure out how to be parents to these children. Um, and all the while, you know, still praying that my daughter might figure things out and, and um, decide that she wants to, you know, go get treatment and be a mom and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started praying and I was like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, am I supposed to open this store? Am I, am I supposed to be doing something different? Like what, what exactly do you want me to do Lord? And I just, I was praying every day. Um, and then all of a sudden I started getting these ideas, um, for things for sister missionaries. And, um, the other thing that I didn't tell you is that I was having a really hard time sourcing kids clothes. I didn't realize how hard it would be to source kids clothes. Um, and so I, I, I realized at one point that that probably wasn't what I wanted to do at all. Um, but then I had all these, I I had ordered some women's clothes at that point. Um, and so I'm like, okay, what do I do with these, you know, pretty modest dresses, you know? Um, and then that's when these sister missionary ideas started swirling through my head. Um, and so one of the ideas that I had was that I wanted to create a journal. Um, and so my husband and I had served in um, young men's and young women's. And then he was like um, a cub scout or not a cub scout, a boy scout leader. Um, And then 
we have this big dance called the epicenter dance. Um, and, and people come from all the states around to go to the Linwood Stake Center to go to this epicenter dance. So we would have like 500 kids at these dances. And at first, my husband and I were chaperoning the dances, and then we became the head couple for the dances. So and then on top of that, we also did um, trek and youth conference and camp and like all these things. So we had all these kids that called us Ma and Pa and like just these amazing kids. And, and like they're all going on missions now and getting married and like doing those kind of things. Um, so I had several sisters that um, were either out currently serving or had just returned or were going to be going out serving. Um, and so I just started asking them questions um, about what they would want in a journal because I didn't want it to just be like a regular journal. I wanted it to be a journal that kind of guided them while they were gone. Um, and so what it ended up being is it's a journal with check-in pages um, every week, there's a page that they just kind of um, fill out. And it's like, um, you know, a verse of the week. Um, what went good last week? What could have gone better? Um, you know, changes that they want to make, those kind of things. Um, and it even has a meal plan on it, too. So they can kind of think about what they're going to eat throughout the next week. Um, so it, it's a journal with weekly check-in pages. And then I also wanted it to be like something really sturdy because like, could you imagine reading a journal from like your grandma or your great grandma after they'd been on a mission? Like, wouldn't that be cool? Right. Right. And so I'm thinking these will be like family history pieces, you know, like I, I want future generations to be able to read these journals and see what their, um, you know, family members went through when they were on their mission. And so um, I made it like a really good hard qual uh, hardback, good quality journal that could go on a bookshelf. Um, and then the other things that I was hearing from missionaries that were much older that had been home for, you know, 10 years or more, um, they were talking about how they had all these journals that were all shapes and sizes and they didn't know what to do with them. And like they thought they were in a box in the garage somewhere, but they didn't know where to even find them. And so I was like, oh, well, what if there was just like three of them, you know, like what if each journal was like a six month journal that they could just put on a bookshelf and it, it, they would always know where it is um, and it would last for a really long time, hopefully. Um, and so that's how the journals were born. Um, it took me a long time to figure out how to source them and how to publish them and everything. But they're published and they're in my store now. And um, yeah, they're kind of my pride and joy, I guess. <laughs> so this is all going on at the same time that you are, well, I guess, how long were the kids in your home before you felt like, okay, it's time to start going on this store now? Um, It, it was about 18 months. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I really had to get my footing first. I, I was a mess at first. I, I had no idea what I was doing. Well, I mean, completely understandable. So, yeah. I, so 18 months. So that means that you have, if, if I'm remembering the story correctly, a 16 month old roughly, or maybe a, a one year old, when you start kind of getting this business going, not only getting this business going, but yeah, she was 16 months old. Okay. So she's 16 months old. 
So not only getting a business going, but shifting gears, because this is now not a mommy and me store. This is a, a sister missionary store. Yeah. So to and do uh-huh. all that comes along with that. And yeah, I, I'd actually already come up with a name for my old store and I'd already gone and got my licensing and I had everything all set up. Um, but the old name didn't quite go with the sister missionary store. Yeah. So then I had had to come up with a new name um, and, and I started praying about that and that's how Be The Light came to be. Um, and I I did Be The Light like B-E-E, like a bumblebee. Um, actually, hopefully you can see. So this is, can you see? Uh, uh, the background blur, the auto background blur is. Oh, there we go. Can you see it now? You got it. That little B is my part of my logo. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so, um, and there's a lot of um, church history with bees too. So I just thought it was really fitting. Okay. So it sounds like you've definitely been guided through this process. You've been praying, you've been inspired. Okay. This is what I want to do. Things are coming together. When you launch the site and the store, is it just gangbusters from the beginning? I mean, from day one, you're just having orders like crazy? Um, no. It, it's it been kind of up and down. Um, and, and, I mean, let me, let me interrupt you. And say, I had, I I had a saying. little bit of a following when I first opened my store. So I did have orders right away when I first opened my store. But, I mean, if you think of all the millions of stores online, it, it's kind of like just trying to get the word out there of who I am and what I'm here for and why I'm doing it type of thing. Yes. And the reason why I ask that is because I think it's so common that at least for me in my life and, and a lot of us, we get an idea, we take it to the Lord, the Lord kind of gives the thumbs up and, and we're guided through this process. And we think, okay, because I feel guided it's going to be totally easy. I'm going to, my blog is going to be super successful or my store. I'm just going to have orders all the time or everybody's going to subscribe to my podcast or whatever it is. And it seems like that's never how it is. The Lord, oh no, no. in a way the Lord doesn't, well, the Lord gives us everything, but he doesn't give us anything. Like you, you need to work for it. You need to put in the effort and energy to work. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work. My store is literally almost a full-time job on top of like taking care of my family and stuff. Like I, I just find every pocket of time that I can find to work. I get up at five o'clock in the morning so I can work for a few hours before the kids are awake. Yeah. It's not all fun and games and it's not easy. So you've got maybe another year or two before they could all go to public school. And then you'll have uh, a little bit more time on your hands. Not that your life will then be easy, but you'll have a little bit yeah. more time on your hands. Yeah. So the youngest one is four. And so she goes to part-time preschool. Okay. Okay. So she gets to go to preschool in the morning. And it's really nice because the preschool is actually on the elementary school campus. And so I literally just take all four kids to school in the morning. Um, and she she goes to school Monday through Thursday and she just loves preschool. To begin with, she didn't want anything to do with it. But now that she's there and she's just she's just thriving, she loves it. Um, So I do have um, from about 830 to about 1030 off every morning of all of the children. 
So that's when I try to just really get some work done besides getting up in the morning and being up before the kids are awake. Sure. Tell me how launching this store and pivoting and the time and everything, tell me how this has brought you closer to your savior. You know, I, I was just telling somebody the other day this, um, I feel like, especially during the pandemic, this is really what I needed. Um, I've made so many amazing friends with people on the LDS community online, people that I probably would have never met if I didn't own my store. Um, other store owners who are doing similar things. Um, there's a woman named Aretta. She's a super sweet lady. She owns a store called My Upside, My Upside Down Umbrella. And she does like a lot of like conference stuff, um, like journals and things like that and church related stuff. Um, I met her because I own my business and she's just the sweetest lady. Um, and I've met a lot of other people too that I, I would have never, never met. And it's nice too, because it just kind of keeps me in the word, no matter if I want to be or not, not that I would never want to be, but just like every day, I'm constantly in the gospel because of my business. Yeah. Was there ever a time when you thought this is not for me anymore? This is too hard. I have too much on my plate. I need to stop this. Yes and no. Um, there have been times where I've been frustrated and been like, how am I supposed to do all this? Like, I know that the store is what God wants me to be doing right now. And I know that taking care of these children is what God wants me to be doing right now. Um, and so I know like everything that I'm doing right now is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I think that's kind of what keeps me going when things get hard is just knowing that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and that God will make a way. I love it. I tell you that it's, that is applicable throughout lots of different aspects of our lives. If you know that you are doing what God wants you to do, whatever that is, if you know that that's what you're supposed to be doing, you can go through a lot of pain and a lot of misery that, that can pull you through that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you'd like to say in closing? Um, well, I would like to offer your followers um, a discount in my store. Um, so it, it's a 20% off discount and the code is turning to him all lowercase. Um, so if you're watching this and you want to go check out my store, it's shop be the light.com S H O P B E E L I G H T <laughs> be the light. Yeah. <laughs> <com>. <laughs> you got the rest of it. 